Hey, Grace Covenant, thanks for connecting in with us in worship today with Grace Online. We're continuing the series where we've been talking about essentials, what's essential in our lives. Uh, you know, you've heard me say this before. God didn't save us to sit, soak, and sour. He saved us that we might be living out a vibrant relationship with Him, ever-growing, maturing in our faith life. For that to happen, there are some essentials. So as you hear the word essential, why don't you just right there in the chat line, why don't you go ahead and type in, what would you say as you think of essential, what would be essential in your life, either spiritually, physically. Uh, let's just get a little communication going here this morning. But as we as we think of it of essential, we think of things that are important or critical to the process. For example, oxygen is is critical. Uh, for life. Fuel is critical for your automobile. Showing up at work is critical for your work. Uh, it's not like, hey, it's optional if I show up or not. No, they, they expect, it's essential that you show up. Well, just as there are essentials in our physical life, so there are essentials in our spiritual life for our ongoing uh, spiritual growth and development. And so we've been looking at this as we Look to the model of the early church. So far in this series, we've talked about the essential of the Holy Spirit. What happened on the day of Pentecost as the church was birthed? It's interesting that Jesus said to the disciples, go to Jerusalem and don't leave Jerusalem until you receive what the Father has promised. In other words, Jesus was saying, hey, this is not optional. He says, no, this is essential. You need help. And just as the early believers needed help, so we need help today. A second essential we see in the early church that we talked about last week is the apostles' teaching. Like the believers were gathering and they were looking to the, the words of the prophets, the Torah, even the, the miracles and the words of Jesus. They, they were building a solid faith foundation through the instruction of the word. And here's where it happened. It all happened in community. And that's the third essential that we find in the early church. The early believers were doing life together. They were sharing life together in their newfound faith, they discovered not only did they need Jesus, but they needed each other. See, Christianity isn't intended to be lived in an independent silo. We are formed and fashioned for community. We are like designed to connect in relationship with God, our creator, and with one another. In other words, we need fellowship. I mean, if you could think of it like this, just as a plant needs water to thrive, so we need community. If you, if you don't water a plant, like for a couple days it begins to wilt, and a couple weeks that plant will die. And I think it's the same for us. If we're not connecting in community, healthy relationship, what happens? We begin to wilt, if, if you will, spiritually speaking. But we need community to be able to thrive. See, loving and living for Jesus cannot be separated from from loving and living for others. Just as, just as loving and living for Jesus is essential, so it is essential that we are connected to and that we're caring for one another. You know, I think of what Jesus said as the greatest commandment. Matthew 22, he talked about loving God and loving others. And I think that's really a, a summary of what it means to be a Christ follower. We're loving God and we're loving others. We're experiencing relationship in community. And we see that happening in the early church. So I want us to look to Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 42, as to what happened as the church was birthed on the day of Pentecost. Verse 42 reads like this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day 
they continue together. Notice every day they continue to gather uh, and meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Notice verse 42 says they devoted themselves to fellowship to gathering, to community. And what's also interesting, if you look to Acts chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, what happened on the day of Pentecost was that there was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and there were 15 different people groups that were gathered that experienced the phenomenon of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the church was birthed in diversity, 15 different people groups. And so as I think about this issue even playing out in our community, this challenge of racism and injustice, I really believe that the answer is community. The answer is deeply caring for one another. The answer is what we see here playing out in the early church as we have individuals valuing one another. We see empathy. We see compassion. We see people caring for one another. All of that was happening with this essential of community. Now, as we look to the book of Acts, what's interesting is that this is the first place, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, 43, it's the first place that we find the word koinonia used in the Bible. Um, here it's translated to mean deep community, fellowship among believers, where individuals are united in care for one another. You know, oftentimes when we hear the word, hey, let's have some fellowship, we think about, you know, going down to Cracker Barrel and throwing down some biscuits and gravy and having some conversation. That's what we think fellowship is, but actually it's a, it's a much deeper meaning. The whole concept of fellowship, koinonia, is that we're experiencing life together. We're valuing one another. We're looking to the interests of others. We're not consumed with ourselves. See, as the church was birthed, it was not birthed in, um, in like individuality. The church was birthed in community of individuals caring for one another. If you look back to the text, what we find is that the early believers were sharing meals, get this, Together, as they were having lamb chops, they were talking about their faith. They, they were united in worship together. They were gathering daily to declare the greatness of God. They were caring for the needs of others. Get this, together. The scripture talks about how they were even selling their possessions and giving to people who had need. But the emphasis is that they were doing community together. They were sharing life together. And that's the whole concept of koinonia, and that we value one another. We encourage one another. Again, we're sharing life together. We're living out our faith in such a way, not only are we honoring God, but we're blessing others in the process. So I want to talk with you for a few minutes about, about what happens when we have koinonia. What happens when we have authentic Fellowship. What happens when that becomes a reality? When we really see it as an essential and we begin to invest in it, what can we expect? Four things, I think. But the first is people give and receive love that brings value for life. You know, one of the things I know is that every individual wants to be loved. Every individual wants to be valued. I mean, it is innate within us. We desire to experience love. Where can you discover that? I believe that's best discovered in community. I mean, that's what we see happening in the early church. 
That's what we see as communities playing out. Maybe I had a, an opportunity to have a conversation with one of my friends, Manny Rosado, the director of the Neighborhood Care Center, and we were talking about the value of community. And uh, what, we begin, what we can see happen is real authentic communities playing out. So I want you to listen to a bit of our conversation. Hey, I'm glad today to have my friend Manny Rosado with me, who's the director of the Neighborhood Care Center right here in the Lake Norman community, doing a phenomenal job. And I wanted to talk with him a little bit about community, because he is like in the middle of community, making community happen. So thank you, Manny, first for your great work. But I want to begin with this question. Why would you say community is essential? Well, community is essential. Just just reading scripture in, in biblical times, the community is all they had, the Israelites. As being slaves in the, the wilderness, they had to communicate really well. They didn't have the cell phones and the iPhones and those type things, so it was more signals and, and how they did that. And if you weren't in that community, you were basically left out alone, and that was a dangerous place to be in that time in their lives. So it's very, very, uh, it's, it's just essential in, in our lives today also. Yeah, so the whole concept of being able to care for one another, because that's what we see playing out, especially in that illustration, the analogy of, in the Old Testament. But how have you, because uh, I know you're, you're kind of in the middle of community, how have you seen the community of the body of Christ impact our local community, the Lake Norman area, um, or the area of the Neighborhood Care Center? Well, I've seen I've seen the community, the churches just come together and 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 they've been just caring for our neighbors, our direct neighbors right around the uh, neighborhood care center by delivering lunches to them. And that caring for them communicates love and that love gives birth to trust. So we've really just jumped in leaps and bounds now in our neighborhood care center with relationships around the area because of the COVID-19. So we've used this to expand our relationships with church partners and with our community. And that's really, uh, it's been a tremendous blessing. Awesome. So we obviously we want people to come to discover relationship with Jesus Christ. So how would you say the value of community, people experiencing community in action, has revealed Jesus? Well, people just, they're very curious to know where, why we're doing what we're doing. And it opens a door for us to be able to, to talk to them about those things. Some people have asked us for Bibles. So we carry Bibles in Spanish and in English, and we pass them out in the community. Awesome. We pray on their porches with them. We've had prayers there. Uh, one couple, uh, the uh, partner that came to deliver food, uh, one person asked for a prayer. And there was a Jewish woman by the name of Sari and, and one woman by the name of Darlene. And Darlene doesn't like praying in public. And Sari, the Jewish woman, says, I can start this prayer, and you can end it with Jesus. I can start it with the Father, you end it with the Son, which was really awesome to see that even in their differences of faith, our love for their neighbor prevailed over everything. Wow, what a phenomenal story. Because even in that, we see community. We have a Jewish woman, a Gentile woman, who are serving someone out of care and compassion and have an opportunity to pray uh, and bring Jesus into the conversation. Absolutely. And I think that becomes one of the great values of authentic fellowship and community. So, Manny, you're doing a phenomenal job at the Neighborhood Care Center. I know we are grateful as a church family for the partnership we have uh, with the Care Center. So we pray blessings for you. Continue the great work. Continue building community.
Well, thank you so much, Pastor Farrell. It's an honor for me to be here and, and thank all my brothers and sisters here in Grace Covenant Church for all your support. It is uh, miraculous what's going on at the center, and we thank you. Amen. Wow, there's some amazing things happening in the Neighborhood Care Center, and it's all happening through community, through koinonia. And so we see that, that first value. I think a second value of authentic fellowship is that people give and receive encouragement and support to overcome life's challenges. And what I know is that sometimes life gets difficult. And the great thing about having community around you is that you have individuals to speak life into your life to help you navigate those difficult times and difficult places. You know, the scripture in Hebrews 10.25 says this, Let us not give up meeting together, coming together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage, notice, encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So what we can encourage one another, we can and receive encouragement as we're sharing in community. I, I think of some a ministry that we just started here at, at Grace Covenant called Embrace Grace. Matter of fact, you saw a little video of it earlier, but it's the concept of the the community, the body of Christ here at Grace Covenant coming around um, single pregnant mothers who have chosen life, and so now we are supporting them with life, and so they come into a discipleship opportunity where they're encouraged, uh, where they're given uh, information and guidance. Then beyond that, at the end of the program, uh, the Grace Covenant family throws a big baby shower for them. Matter of fact, at the end of May, we had two drive-by baby showers. Amazing ministry happening. We get this, it's all happening out of a community. Individuals being encouraged, being supported out of the flow of authentic community. Well, here's the third thing that happens when we have authentic fellowship is that people care for one another, meeting basic needs. And again, we see that playing out in the early church. The scripture says that there were no needs among the believers because individuals were like taking from what they had and they were sharing with those who had needs. They were bringing food. They were contributing. And in that, what there was a unity in the early church. There was unity in the community. And we've seen this play out, you know, during this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, we've seen the generosity of the church, again, the generosity of community playing out. Uh, like we've given food, we've given groceries to over 300 families, possible again through the generosity of Grace Kevin. Over $45,000 has been given. Out of that, we, we purchased 110,000 pounds of chicken that we were able to give out. Again, meeting people's basic needs. We've taken those dollars and, um, and we've leveraged them out of your generosity. What to meet basic needs. Where does that happen? It happens best when there's koinonia, when there's community, as we're caring for and valuing one another. And we have that, that benefit of koinonia, of authentic fellowship. I think also it's in authentic fellowship um, that we discover unity. And, and out of a partnership, we get to be a witness to a watching world. In other words, people experience Jesus as we're caring for one another, as we're sharing with one another, as there's compassion, as there as there's empathy, a watching world looks at that and they say, wow, what's so different about you? What's so different about your life? When our lives become a witness of Jesus Christ, I think it's interesting. And the latter part of the text we looked at this morning, I think it's verse 45, that says they were added, they were 
individuals who were added to the church daily, what they were coming to experience Christ because they saw community happening and it was attractive. They they were saying, hey, I want some of that. And so what people were experiencing Jesus. So as we're living out authentic community, it really becomes a, a witness to the world of the reality of Jesus Christ, of the difference that he makes in someone's life. So what we see from the example of the early church and, and what we've discovered in our own lives is that, is that community is essential. But what I would want you to know is that authentic community never just happens. It's not going to just like surprise you. No, authentic community requires at, at least three things. The, the, the first is this, is awareness. Listen, if you are never aware of the fact that you need community, then you'll never invest in community. You'll never engage in community. You'll not make the effort. Why? Because you're not aware. So I, I believe the first requirement is, and hopefully today this is maybe stirring some things in your own life to say, wow, I, I need to connect. I need to engage. I need to be a part of. I, I need to be investing in community. Because the first, the first step is really awareness of you being aware of, wow, this is essential. Not optional, but essential in your faith life. I, I think a second thing that's, that's absolutely necessary if we're going to experience authentic fellowship, it's humility. You know, humility is not humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less, less as you're giving your life in service to others. You know, I think of what the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians two, chapter two, verse three, where he says, "Consider the interests of others better than yourself." Listen, it's difficult to fully engage in authentic community if you're only living for you. Um, you can't get to community if it's all about you. So therefore, for us to experience authentic community, it must it, it, it means this. I'm concerned about the needs of others. I'm not just looking out for me. I'm not just working for me. I'm not making it all about me, even though our culture today would say, hey, take a picture of yourself. It's all about you. Uh, post it on social media. I'm telling you today, it's not all about you. There has to be this presence of humility that says, I need others and others need me. And that we're caring for others. So the, the, the quality of humility, here's a third thing that's, that's absolutely necessary if we're going to have authentic fellowship is commitment. Commitment to do the work. Because again, it, it takes investment. It's kind of like a marriage relationship. If you want to have a healthy marriage relationship, this is what I know. It requires commitment. It requires investment. It requires work. And it's the same as we think about community and the body of Christ. It requires an investment on your part. It requires you to choose to make yourself available to be a part of. Um, and I can tell you, sometimes community gets messy. Now, I've been a part of the church literally all my life, born on Wednesday and church on Sunday. So my life has been really connected to this community of church. I can tell you sometimes community gets messy. Sometimes it's difficult. Yet it's essential. It's necessary. So we have to we have to be committed to the process to engage in healthy community. So as we think about this essential of the early church, people caring for one another, people investing um in one another, valuing one another, all of that's found in this concept of koinonia, this concept of authentic fellowship. And so what I would want you to know is that the Christian life is more than a commitment to Christ. It includes a commitment to other Christians. It includes you 
being engaged in vital, healthy relationship with other believers, where we're having a bit of iron sharpening iron as we are serving one another. So my challenge for you today is simply this. Make community a priority. Don't make it optional. Don't make it like, well, that's something I could do. No, it was essential for the early church. And just as it was essential for the early church, so I would say today, it's essential for Grace Covenant Church. If we're going to bring honor to God, if we're going to be effective and mobilized to reach our community for Jesus Christ, listen, it's not going to happen because everybody's doing their own thing. It's going to happen as we are united together caring for one another, valuing one another, no matter ethnicity, no matter background. Listen, every individual is valued. Every individual would be cared for. All of that happening where? In healthy community. I want to pray for you today that you would be open, willing to take the next step to invest in life-giving community. Well, Lord, I thank you today for the counsel of your word. Lord, for uh, Lord, just the revelation of your word, helping us to understand how vital quantity, how vital authentic community is. It's not optional, it's essential. So, Lord, I pray today for every individual watching, Lord, that they would understand and be open to and be willing to invest in authentic community. Lord, in there... And there, in community, we come to discover you in a greater way. In community, we grow in our faith. In community, we become effective in the mission of uh, carrying forth the gospel message to the world, where it all happens in community. So, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would help us give priority to the value in the place of community. Lord, what that, what that might mean for different individuals could be really different. But Lord, I pray for every individual that they would take a step toward healthy, authentic community. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.